the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, a very special edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show tonight because today, today was the launch. It was the trailer, wasn't it, of the uh, of this fantastic, incredible new movie that is going to come out, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie, and boy oh boy, am I pumped. You know, because listen, listen. I, I I believe, I truly and honestly believe that Sonic the Hedgehog is going to be the top movie of 2019. This movie, Sonic the Hedgehog, the live action film that we are going to be, slash CGI, we are going to be treated to Oscar level performances. It is, I'm going out on a limb here. We are... We're, we're not just talking about Oscars for special effects, all right? Special effects have the special effects already with what we've seen in the trailer today and everything upcoming about it. It has proven to us, it's blown whatever we've seen in Endgame, Avengers Endgame. You know, all the detail of Sonic's fur, his fuzzy, fuzzy fur, right? Yeah, the animators who did Thanos would only dream to have that much detail in Thanos's uh, chin clefts, as they, as the, the the animators for Sonic have with the number of hairs on his body. You know, I read that every hair is rendered individually. That said, that said, we're not just talking about special effects. We're going to have. It's going to come winning uh, best uh, best movie, best director, best performance. Jim Carrey was born to play Dr. Robotnik. It's going to be fantastic. And tonight, while I was watching Raw, not Raw, excuse me, that was last night. While I was watching SmackDown Live, it dawned on me, folks. It came to me as in, as in some kind of fever dream that SmackDown and Sonic the Hedgehog were destined to integrate into each other. The blue blur on the blue brand. It just makes perfect sense. So, knowing how WWE sometimes likes to sneak in little references, little winky dinks, like, you know, just dropping hints, I kept my eyes peeled tonight for you folks so that we could find hints that WWE will be pairing with the greatest movie of all... The greatest movie of all time. Sonic. The Hedgehog. So tonight it is not only a recap of the April 30th edition of SmackDown Live. Not just that, but we are going to be celebrating the live action Sonic the Hedgehog film. Yes, that is what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here tonight. And we're going to be doing it live as we do every Tuesday night. Because I do these live every Tuesday night. Here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And if you're watching this, if you're watching this, then you you are definitely appreciating all the wonderful graphics that I have that I have uh, accumulated around me. My art here on the Warren board. No, it's not a whiteboard, it's a Warren board. Mother always said branding is important. This is my own rendition of Sonic. My blue pen, unfortunately, is is dying a very slow death. So he's he doesn't like pop out of the screen as much as he could, but I refuse to use any other color than blue to create a proper rendition of Sonic the Hedgehog here. Um, so yeah, we're doing this live. <laughs> There's actually people who are tuning into this shit live, um, and uh, and yeah. What, what a bunch of folks, great, great folks we have here tonight. Be still my beating heart. Kristen Ashley is here with us. The most handsome mod, Blaine Mendoza as well. Jay Anthony is here. Robert Larry as well. Uh, we also have JPQ. Full crew of moderators this evening. The, 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 let's, let's just say it. The best moderators. 
if Suter wanted to be in there, he just he just had to show up. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else we got? We got Bob Ruski here with us as well. Uh, man, uh, CM Phil. Tim is here as well. Good to see everyone popping into the chat here to celebrate Sonic the Hedgehog and SmackDown Live. So this is going to be, this is going to be fantastic. A great evening. And I'm glad you're here. If you're watching this video live, you know, just why don't you give the video a thumbs up? That kind of stuff always helps. Even if you're not watching it live, if you're watching this on demand at your own leisure, a, a, a thumbs up is always appreciated. You can also share the link out. You get, get your get your friends in here, your family, your well-wishers, your therapists. Get everyone you know in here. Uh, the more the merrier is generally what they say isn't that what they say i think so i don't know sometimes i have the impression that i understand things but then it turns out i'm canadian uh so uh and perhaps you're not even watching this maybe you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application which is entirely possible because the mr warren hayes show is available on all podcasting platforms well podcast platforms I pod anyway, I'm not gonna get into it, but on all podcast applications such as uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, Podbean, uh, Himalaya. You just you just look for Mr. Warren Hayes, Mr. Warren Hayes show, and it's there. It's there for sure. And and you know if you if you enjoy it and you you're like, hey, this is good stuff. You know, there's. Every application has its own different way to show appreciation, whether it's a review, uh, whether it's a like, a subscription, a follow, whatever it is that you can do, just a little clickety-click, to give a little, uh, just a little boost, a little a little oomphah, a little hoopah, to the a little to the Mr. Warren Hayes show. <laughs> that stuff always helps. It, it does help a great deal to get more people into the Mr. Warren Hayes show. And then that makes the Mr. Warren Hayes show grow. And then it makes Mr. Warren Hayes grow as well. You don't know. There could be a correlation with my height and the number of people who listen to my podcast. You don't know. The only way to find out to do that, get more people listening. But I appreciate it. I really, you know, um, I want to. Uh, last night was a weird night uh, because I, I I I went and I jumped on last minute to the fightful uh, podcast, and then uh, I went to do my own stream afterwards. And I was like, man, there's going to be no one. It's going to be no one. It's like I'm like uh, 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 an hour and a half over, you know, the usual time that I start something like that. And there were still people there. There were a bunch of people who were still there, and I was sincerely very profoundly touched, dare I say moved, because I didn't expect, at some point, you know, I'd be like, ah, he's not showing up going to bed, but no, we had people sticking around, and I really, really, really appreciated it, and uh, I can't say enough, and you know, I even tweeted it out before starting the show tonight, I have, I, I've, I've accrued <laughs> a fantastic community of people, like-minded people who don't, who don't always see eye to eye as far as, you know, wrestling goes, but everyone remains respectful and chummy and cool in the chat. And that's, it's such a thrill for me to be able to create this kind of space and, and, and maintain it. And of course the mods have something to do with that, but I mean, y'all are such quality people is what I'm trying to say. And I, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Uh, it's, you know when when you do a when you when you create content like this and you're lost in a sea of similar content, when you have people who are faithful to what you do, essentially, it's it's it it really means something. It's very special. So there you go. I wanted to point that out. Thank you. Tomorrow night, folks. Let's move along here. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, NXT two hundred five live NXT UK that airs. Well, two hundred five live is airing right now, but. Uh, uh, tomorrow night tomorrow tomorrow after nxt uk at 10 p.m i'm gonna be on fightful select as i do every wednesday the premium service of fightful fightful.com fightful select 
I'll be doing my 205 Live NXT NXT UK recap show. So please, if you are a subscriber, come join me. I do it live. You can come over. Tim in the chat. He joins me live. Kristen joins me live. You get a few people once in a while. But, I mean, you got the... You, if you shell out the bucks, you might as well, to be on select, you might as well take full advantage of all the opportunities that are open to you, such as getting more Warren Hayes or getting more Sean Ross up with the with the uh, Fightful Report every Wednesday as well. He does that in the afternoon. Every weekend, Steven Jensen with The Weekender covering all non-WWE news. Maybe you want um, you know some advanced knowledge on uh, some certain news stories that are coming up. If you were a member of Select, that's when you f you found out before most other people about Leo Rush's uh, situation backstage, which I'm not necessarily going get, to get into. But you can definitely go on Fightful.com to read about it. And if you were a Fightful Select member, you've probably already read about it because that news was broken there. A foist. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, uh, feel free to, to pop in tomorrow. Uh, I am looking forward this weekend to recording an episode of No, no Particular Angle, our special mod jpq he's such a special guy a blazer bro with me and anthony Souter. uh i'm gonna be recording uh an episode of no particular angle this weekend with john with anthony Souter, with um amy o also known as phoenix njpw on twitter and jen uh, um, uh known as chetty on twitter as well they do the dragon's den podcast we're all going to be getting together and we're all going to be talking about AEW. So that's going to it's going to be nice to talk about uh, different stuff uh, regarding um, other than WWE. So that's cool. If you haven't listened to my appearance on Revisionist Booking, um, go check that out. We uh, on Revisionist Booking, you basically you take a an, an old retro card, you take everyone who was on the card and you rebook it with everyone who was there. I, I was invited to RJ, invited me to the show, and it was a pleasure to do. We did WCW Spring Stampede 1997. It was a lot of fun, so you can check that out on your favorite podcasting application as well. And I think that's it, right? I think I don't think I'm forgetting something. I think we record. I think Kristen is recording an episode of The Division. Kristen, can you confirm? No. But I think so. I think Kristen Ashley is, is recording an, uh, an episode of The Division, uh, the uh, women's podcast over on Fightful. So, yeah, busy times as per usual. As per usual. Are we ready to go? Are we going to start talking about SmackDown Live? Are we going to? I'm gonna, uh, I want to say hello to Shane Haas, who just jumped into uh, who just jumped into the chat. How you doing? Shane, good to see you. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, so there we go. That's what we're doing. That's what's happening. And now we're going to talk about SmackDown Live. Talking about SmackDown Live. That starts with it starts with Michael Cole, who's there to interview Kofi Kingston. Now you know if they're dragging Michael Cole out and putting him in the ring, you know that's important. You know it's essential. Kofi Kingston comes to the ring. Now, he did not come out to the Green Hill Zone theme, but that's okay. He comes to the ring and he has his pancakes and he's tossing them around. People are happy to see him. Michael Cole starts interviewing him and tells him that this is the culmination of 11 years of hard work and this journey has had insurmountable odds where they recap and they recap the insurmountable odds of the elimination chamber, the insurmountable insurmountable odds of the second gauntlet match. But when in reality it is the, the first gauntlet match that really did set the stage and was much more interesting than uh, than anything else. Um, so uh, Cole basically after the recap says. He says, do you believe that despite these odds that you would ever get your WWE championship match at WrestleMania? And I'm like, wait a second, hang on. And because Kofi goes, you know, he says, well, you have to fight through, you know, you do through the hardships to uh, reach the top. And I'm like, hang on a second. Wait a minute. He got his opportunity at WrestleMania because of 
because Big E and Xavier Woods went through a gauntlet, a tag team gauntlet, to make him win. So he had the hardships. Yeah, for sure. That's not the point. But let's not... Are we already getting into revisionist history so soon? Because the hardships were there and, you know, it was the a collective effort by the New Day that finally got Kofi on top. So, anyway, but I mean, it's still inspirational. We all know the story of Kofi Kingston by now. We know uh, everything he had to go through to get to finally get his title shot after all these years. So, um, so, you know, it's fine. And he says, and you know, uh, Kofi also at the same time, you know, is talking about going through hardships and whatnot. He also says that the new day proved that the impossible is possible. And this is something that's fantastic about Kofi Kingston is that he never, he never misses an opportunity to put his new day brothers over because, and well, I mean, because let me see start that sentence over again we've heard all the rumors that said that the that the new day you know were around they've existed exclusively or mostly to try and get kofi kingston over to get him uh to to a championship shot and now they did so i mean it's always been it's always been translated as a, a team effort so it's cool that he's still recognizing that that he's still like you know the new day made this happen. We did it as a team. We did it together. And it's, he's not, it, it, there's some truth to this. It, it's not an entirely work. It's it's not just a work comment. It's uh, there's something very shoot about it. Um, Michael Cole says that, uh, you know, uh, this, uh, that uh, he winning the, WrestleMania, uh, not the WrestleMania, the WWE title at WrestleMania is probably the greatest WrestleMania moment ever. Chat, why don't you, let's challenge old Michael Cole. Why don't you tell me about some great WrestleMania moments that uh, that you remember and I'll, I'll read a couple off once I'm done uh, recapping this segment here. Um, and uh, so speaking of recaps, they recap the moment, the, the match, the moment where Kofi did win the title. A lot of people say, uh, now they start talking about uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, Kofi says, a lot of people say, I should have seen this coming. Uh, but, you know, we at the New Day, we believe in allowing people the, the possibility to change if they want to change. Uh, and, you know, all that Kevin Owens had to do, really, if he wanted a title shot, was ask for it. Didn't have to be a dick. Well, that's not what... That's not what Kofi said, but that was the subtext, right? Like, Kevin, Kevin, you didn't have to be a dick about it. You could have just asked me and I would have given you a shot. And essentially, you have the champion here challenging uh, Kevin Owens to a title match at Money in the Bank. He says he's not afraid of Kevin Owens, but that is the signal for Kevin Owens to come out. KO accepts the challenge. And um, he starts um, he starts talking that uh, um, that uh, Kofi, you know, don't get it in don't get it in your head that your championship material because you're not you're drowning you're in over your head. He's, he's talking shit, and but but that uh, as he's talking shit, you have your boy Xavier Woods who attacks Kevin Owens from behind. He brawl a bit, but Kevin knocks him a loopy with a super kick. And then he dashes to the back as Kofi runs to the aid of his friend. So there we go. So that's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, that was a good segment. I liked it. I'm going to tell you what I liked here. I'm gonna let, let, let's go right ahead. I'm going to tell you what I liked. I liked the fact that Kofi came out. And, you know, established, you know, the fact that he's very proud of, of his accomplishments and, you know, came out with the pancakes, came out with the big smile, the music. It's still Kofi Kingston. But now you kind of felt that, you know, we're, uh, we're into business here. There's a little more business. And he's he's a good champion. He's a fighting champion. He's a good hearted champion. He's like, Kevin, Kevin just had to ask, you know, so that puts that puts it on Owens for being a jerk about it. We could have had a friendship, Kevin. 
But you decided to to just be uh, you decided to just be a moron. There you go. <laughs> I like the I, I like the segment, and then uh, you know a little later on backstage. Uh, Kofi is basically telling Xavier what's why man you didn't have to do that I can handle this and and you know Xavier's like no man I ha- I had to do something I had to help you out I don't want my you know I don't want Kevin Owens talking shit about my friend so you know I like um I, I like how the um I, I I like how everything sort of comes together with the new day it all makes sense but Kofi's also is like at the same time dude 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 let's just take it easy um let's see here let's see if we have uh, some uh, some ideas here um blame Mendoza for uh, as far as the Wrestlemania moment goes he talks about uh, uh, heartbreak kid uh, Shawn Michaels Boyhood dream comes true, of course. Of course. That's a fantastic one. Joe Anthony says, when Fandango beat Chris Jericho? Okay. I mean, that's fine. JPQ is uh, asking, is, is saying that he wants a, uh, he wants a decent to above average run with Kofi. That's what, that's all he wants. Well, you know, if we're starting off with Kevin Owens as his first feud, I mean, that's a great feud. This isn't like putting him up against, let's say, Jinder Mahal, where you're like, well, this is this is an easy, simple feud that he's going to win. Um, but um, um, but essentially, yeah, you know, I, I think we've got a good uh, I think we've got a good feud going and it's going to be interesting and it's something something that Kofi will be able to sink his teeth into it'll be a good time so next we have our first match of the evening Bailey versus Becky Two Belts which is what I was kind of looking for and just as Bailey enters the ring they announce that Bailey is going to be the first entrant from the Smackdown side into the women's money in the bank on one hand I was really happy and on the other hand I was like man could you have telegraphed the ending of this match any harder oh my god but it's not as if I really expected Bailey to win on a smackdown over Becky Lynch before a pay-per-view blobby bloop 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 but come on WWE you know you know Match starts off quick with uh, Becky hip tossing Bailey, who um, who gets right back up and back into um, Becky's face. Becky shoulder blocks uh, Bailey down, then uh, tosses her out, uh, and uh, Bailey as she comes back into the ring rope hangs. Becky Lynch she hits a flying forearm, and as we come back from commercial, Lynch gets plastered on the top turnbuckle, a face a first. Bailey hits a face smash, covers Lynch for two. Bailey gets out of the corner with a big running lariat, big running knee as well. That just kishplooched. That's right. It kishplooched. Lynch on the side of the head uh, and covers her for two. Lynch fights back with a, with a kick from the apron, goes up top and hits a missile drop kick on your cha- on uh, Bailey and covers her for two. And then Lynch and, uh, and Bailey start to slug it out. And I got to tell you guys, I'd said this uh, on on the Raw recap last night. I like, I think Becky shines best when she's brawling. I think this is where she she really comes across um, full blast on like who she is. And when she started trading strikes with uh, with Bailey here tonight, mwah, that was some beautiful stuff that was going on for real. I was I was enchanted. I thought that. You know, as far as the missile dropkick goes, that's fine. But man, once Becky starts slugging, she's a great brawler. She just has it. And Bailey was able to bring that out of her, and that was fantastic as well. Um, They end up uh, whooping each other with double clotheslines. Um, Then there's a... um, uh, Bailey goes for a surprise roll, um, but only gets two. 
she hits a back suplex on Lynch, uh, goes from the elbow drop uh, from the top rope, but Lynch has it scouted and gets Bailey into the disarmor and she taps, but in runs um, Charlotte Flair. There we go. I had a blank. I don't know why I was blanking. I have the freaking thing there. Um, so yeah, basically she, uh, uh, Flair runs in after the result. She tosses both women out. Uh, and, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, keep building, uh, keep building, uh, Charlotte up nice and, uh, nice and proper. Now I'm, I don't like the ending of this match and you're, maybe some of you are going to be like, oh, there he goes. He's saying that Bailey's being mistreated again. Yes. 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 But on top of that. There, at some point, you're gonna WWE has to build strong women, you know, they, 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 or they're gonna have to build strong women out of the same two, uh, out of Becky, out of Charlotte. This would have been a perfect opportunity to just give uh, Bailey some uh, some strength, make her make her come across as strong. She lost last week, now she loses again. There could have been ways to protect her. There really, really could have been ways to protect her. Have Charlotte run in, force the, uh, force a DQ, and it, just as simple as that. There's really no reason for, uh, for Bailey to lose here, because Bailey now SmackDown Bailey is going to be the same as Raw Bailey, where she's just a loser. She's just losing her matches again. Oh, she has an opportunity at Money in the Bank. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> I don't think I don't think she's gonna win Money in the Bank. I'm not doing my prediction show just yet. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think she's going to be winning Money in the Bank. Not as far not as far as I can tell right now. And I mean, it, she's she's a fantastic worker, and she's there. Ju- she's just waiting for an opportunity to uncork, and you can tell. You can tell in the fire that she's bringing to these uh, that she's brought to her two. SmackDown live matches here. I really don't know. I really don't know what they're doing with uh, with um, with Bailey. When it comes to uh, to Becky Lynch's current storyline, I really find it interesting. I like I like it. I like the idea that uh, you know she's on two brands. She has two titles. She's defending on both brands, so she doesn't really have a week's respite. You know, Seth Rollins. He has a he has a he has a night off when it comes to the universal title. Becky doesn't, and she has two contenders for both her titles, and they're both gunning for her. So, she, commentary was putting it over, you know, oh, she has to keep her head on a swivel, you know, she has to uh, sleep with one eye open, basically. Mm, that makes sense. And that makes sense to me. So, um, yeah. I, I like how this is being built, you know, that maybe that getting the feeling that Becky has bitten a little more off than she can chew here, which 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 does make sense when you think about it. I want to say hello to sports things and shows who's in with us, who's joined the chat. Um, Blaine, uh, Blaine is a full on conspiracy theory here, a theorist here. Saying uh, Becky is going to the, the the Becky two belt shirt is off WWEshop.com, so she's losing a belt. <gasps> Conspiracies. CM Phil says uh, really starting to get the feeling that Charlotte is going to win at Money in the Bank. Joe Anthony says I think Becky retains against Lacey, loses to Charlotte. I'm not doing my Money in the Bank predictions just yet. <laughs> but those are some interesting takes. Folks, let's keep moving on. We have an Alistair Black promo where he cuts a promo about fear. He cuts it in the darkness. He's being very edgy, kind of like, kind of like, kind of like Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, there's another, another cue right there. But more importantly, by the way, by the way, I. If, if you have watched my NXT recaps over on Fightful Select, you will know that I was never a great fan of Aleister Black cutting promos. I liked him when he was, a, when he was the strong, silent type. I liked him 
you know, that was the basis of his whole feud with uh, Velveteen Dream two years ago. Where it was like Velveteen Dream only wanted uh, Alistair Black to say his name because Alistair didn't say a thing. When he started talking, when he started speaking, it wasn't uh, wasn't as good, was it? He, his, his promos were a little lacking. When he came back from his groin injury, I thought his promos had kicked it up a notch. I was like, wow, okay. There's a, there's a flame. There's something going on. Something a lot more dynamic happening here. But now they're going back to these... Oh, you know, fear in the darkness and they stare into the abyss and all you see is fade to black. Ah, I'm a little fearful now for uh, for your boy Alistair. As, you know, kind of feels like uh, Bray Wyatt Jr. right now. I'm not sure I like it. Or at least let's not have him cut all that many, all of those, all too many, not too many promos like that. Next we have uh next we have the Hardy Boys who come out. And um Jeff has a crutch. It's been reported. Jeff has a uh, it's a an ongoing knee problem. Uh, that it's an injury that he's had for years and now he's going to have surgery on it. So they are going to address the status of their titles and Jeff, you know, say, says, you know, he's asked in the rings well jeff what can what can you tell us about uh what can you tell us about your injury and he says well it'll be easier if i just show you and then he turns and he there's a there's a promo package of lars sullivan beating up the hardies from last week i mean sure show don't tell right but come on anywho Basically, uh, they come back. Jeff says he, they, he, that he's going to require surgery. He's going to be gone for a long time. So the Hardy Boys have to relinquish the titles. Are we are we looking down? Are we staring down the, the barrel of a tournament here? Chat, talk to me. Are we going to have a tag team tournament on SmackDown? What tag teams on SmackDown? Illuminate me. Give me some ideas. Tell me what's going on here. Give me, give me some juice, because I don't know what to make out of this. Um, but as the Hardy Boys are cutting their promo, Lars Sullivan comes out again, and he beats the shit out of Matt Hardy, who's trying to protect his brother. He hits, he hits the freak accident on Matt as well, and then Jeff sort of stands up for himself. He threatens to attack. Lars with his crutch, the audience is into it, and in the meantime, our truth arrives from behind with a chair. He swings it, and Lars completely no-sells it. He just turns around. Truth attacks again, and Lars, and perfect, perfect timing. Truth swings the chair, and Lars just slugs. He just punches Right through the chair. The chair goes flying. That was a hell of a visual. So then they 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 they, they fight a bit, but of course Lars gets the upper hand on Truth, who who eats the running set out power bomb. I mean, this is how you build a monster. This is exactly exactly how you beat uh how you you build. A, a, a monster. That's exactly how you do it. You have him come in. Take credit for an injury. This is, I mean, this is, it sucks for Jeff. It, it really does. It really does. You know, I hope, I hope Jeff Hardy is able to, to rehab properly and come back or just be able to walk by, uh, by himself. That would be nice. But, um, what what I uh, what I really like here is how um, what I really like here is how they're attributing Jeff's injury to Lars, so that gives him something. And then Lars fights off Matt, is ready to is ready to beat up a guy who's who's on a crutch, like he was essentially crippled, who doesn't have mobility, who can't properly defend himself, and then fights off the other dude with the chair. And that's how you build a monster. This this was great, smart booking. 
Lars is being established nice and proper. What do we have here? We're talking about uh, tag teams in uh, on SmackDown Live. Um, uh, Blaine says there are no tag teams on SmackDown Live. CM Phil says heavy machinery has to be next in line. That's right there on SmackDown Live. Joe Anthony says the SmackDown tag title should go to the Singh brothers. Get some gold next to former WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, there's the Sings and uh, CM Phil basically runs down the uh, runs down the tag teams. There's the Sings, Heavy Machinery, the B Team, the Colognes, and what's left of the New Day. It's a it's a bit of a sad situation. Bit of a. I think this is what uh, what you define as a sad sack. All nice and wet and gross. Then afterwards, we have uh, we have announced. Uh, or we we are we get announced people announced to us we have the announcement of the the men who are going to be in the uh money in the bank ladder match and these gentlemen shall be Mustafa Ali Finn Balor Andrade Cien Almas and Randall Orton great choices I am 100% behind Ali and Andrade being in there and I just hope Ali doesn't kill himself because he's been on a uh, he's been on a bad run. I just hope he uh, watches out for himself. Uh, and uh, but uh, no, these are good. These are good. Uh, these are good matches. Uh, good uh, good men. So on the raw side, then we have Braun Strowman. We have Drew McIntyre, uh, uh, um, Ricochet, and who am I missing? Aaron Corbin. Kind of hard to forget. WWE's resident heat magnet. Um, so, I mean, that's fantastic. That's fantastic stuff. I really, really dig it. I think it's uh, I think it's great. It's, uh, I have no complaints about... Uh, it's a good balance between big guys and smaller guys, risk takers and good solid workers. I'm, I'm fine with... Uh, I'm fine with this setup. I think it should be... It should be a fun match. And you know, if Randy Orton ever wanted to rejuvenate his uh, his career, add a couple of years on it, well, he could change his he could he could change his theme song, come in with the Green Hill Zone theme instead. Make him hip with the kids again. Next we have Kyrie Sane and Asuka, accompanied by Paige, versus uh, Tigress, Dime Store Tigress, and Dime Store Poison Ivy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did anyone catch their names? I, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to belittle them. I just. Um, I didn't catch their names. I don't think they were properly identified. Uh, apologies. Um, we were blessed to have the Iconics taking over commentary as well, and I mean taking over. They were all over. The place they did not leave anyone talk really, so that was fantastic. <laughs> CM Phil calls her Dime Store Taylor Hendricks. <laughs> that, there you go. Um, so uh, I mean, this is an entire squash match where Kyrie and and Oscar got uh, got some pretty good offense in. Uh, starting to see um, starting to see the ladies um, getting some of their double team action um in a little bit there's um uh, they do the, there's they started this spot a couple of weeks ago when they when, when they began they do some double team kicks uh you know i think oscar it goes uh just goes for a, a just your basic uh, a regular kick an axe kick by uh by Kyrie. then oscar follows up with a face crusher and then a basement drop kick that's you know i i think as they perfect this and they get their timing really down it's going to look good um 
Oscar gets some uh, some uh, combination in combination offense on Dime Store Poison Ivy, a hip attack, a German suplex, hits some fucking stiff yes kicks and a spinning kick as well. Uh, she covers uh, Dime Store Poison Ivy, but Dime Store Tigress breaks it up. Uh, the uh, Sane and Oscar hit an assisted code breaker into a snapmare, and it's the insane elbow that puts it away. And uh, commentary just has to continue putting over how incredible Kyrie's diving elbow is because Kyrie's diving elbow is fantastic. So, smash a little smoosh, smishy smoosh match for the ladies. That's fine if you want to establish them as uh, serious contenders. This is the kind of thing you have to do. Meanwhile, backstage, Fire and Desire, a.k.a. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are backstage and they are watching the match. And uh, basically, uh, uh, Mandy was informed by Shane McMahon that uh, one of them was going to be in Money in the Bank and they get to pick, apparently. Shane, uh, Shane delegated responsibility on this one. He's like, I have no time for this. I have to uh I have to go taunt Roman Reigns in a bit. I have to make sure I can I pronounce all the words properly. I've got to do my warm-up exercises. I gotta see she sells seashells by the seashore. Trying to try to avoid a round to much more event. But he didn't. Um so basically Mandy and uh, basically uh, Sonia, Sonia tells Mandy, you know, you deserve it. You were so close last time to being a uh, champion and they hug and they're such, they're such best friends. Power of friendship. It's a beautiful thing. Make one man weak, make him weep, make another man sing. You know, it's the power of love that does that. Um, hey, you know, we'll see how far friendship goes. You know, friendship and wrestling. <laughs> I only believe in the new day when it comes to friendship. I really do. I, I, anyone else is fair game. I, I honestly think the new day will never, ever break up. I don't. Next, we have Roman Reigns who comes to the ring. Apparently, uh, Elias versus Roman at Money in the Bank is confirmed. Commentary's putting over that Elias is doing the bidding of the McMahons because the McMahons, they don't like Roman for some reason. If they don't like him, why did they keep pushing? <laughs> Roman says, you only get one chance at a first impression, so I knocked out Vince McMahon the first week I was here on SmackDown Live. We, all, we already had an impression of you, Roman. It's not as if we don't watch Raw. What are you talking about? He says, it could have been anybody, but I just want to get the point across that I'm still the big dog and SmackDown Live is my yard now. I'm going to get back to this in a second when I talk about, once I'm done recapping the match, I'm going to give my thoughts on Roman's booking so far. Anyway, this brings out Shane McMahon. He asked for his uh, his introduction being the best in the world, which is getting a little tedious, to be honest. Um, and Shane says that, uh, you know, this may be your yard, but the McMahons own all the land. And um, uh, uh, basically here, Roman says... That, uh, you know, it's not the McMahon's world, all the land, so it's your daddy. Roman challenges Shane to come down, you know, and say, you know, if you're such a tough guy, why don't you come down here and do something about about it? But Shane says, no, I, I don't have time. I have to go to some rival college team town to get some cheap heat. Talks about Coach Harborough. Who's not Coach Harborough. Well, he's Coach Harborough. Coach Harborough, personally, is my number one coach in uh, he's uh, he's one of my coaches on my uh, on my round mushmore he's right up there <laughs> um so basically he says well you know since you're itching for some competition tonight roman here why don't you have fight the the b team so that sets up a handicap match but we're not going to we're not going to end it there roman's like 
oh, is that all you got? That's not exactly what he says, but that's what it means. You know, he starts saying, you know, well, Shane, you know, why stop there? Why don't you blindfold me, hand tied behind my back? So Shane says, you know what? Let's have a special guest referee enforcer, Elias. I'm going to talk about this in a second. I'm just going to recap the match real quick. Uh, when we come back from commercial, the match is, uh, is started. We have the B team wearing down Roman. Roman back elbows Bo Dallas, but Dallas strikes him from behind. Double team DDT. Axel covers Roman, but only gets two. There's some quick tag striking uh, with the B team. Some double team attacks until Roman boots Axel and Simone drops Bo. Covers him, but only gets two. The B team get back in control and beat Roman up uh, on the outside. Elias also gets a shot in. Back from commercial, Dallas has um, Roman in a chin lock. He battles back and, and clubs Dallas down. He starts battling back against uh, both guys. Hits a combination Samoan drop DDT on both guys, which was really nice. Covers Axel, but only for two. He Superman punches Dallas. Gets rolled up by Axel, uh, but a Superman punch follows, covers him, but Elias drags the referee out of the ring. So then Roman goes after Elias on the, uh, on the outside. In the meantime, he crosses paths with, um, with Curtis Axel, and he uh, drive-bys Axel, which allows Elias to uh, beat up on him, get in the upper hand, toss him back into the ring, and Axel goes for the perfect plex, which connects, but Roman kicks out from a quick Elias count at 2.9. Elias comes in with a guitar then, but instead of using the guitar, he eats a Superman punch. He spears Curtis Axel and the ref, the official ref, crawls into the ring to, ring to count the pin. Oh my goodness, he beat the odds. What did he tweet? How could Roman... Yeah, have ever been, how did he ever do this? Yeah, you can't imagine him, I'm so out of my mind that he beat the odds. This is the problem right now. This is what I'm fearing, and this is what I feared, and this is what I'm fearing right now. Roman is not a, he's, he, look, he's huge. He's super tall, he's strong, he's good he's got he's good looking he's got he looks like a like a football player he looks like a like a, a, a security guard like a private security you know the the kind that follows uh, movie stars around i'm not talking about a mall security he looks like an agent you know he looks like a guy who drives who can who can drift cars at 120 kilometers an hour <laughs> He's not credible. He, we, it, we, we can't, uh, you can't position Roman as an underdog because he doesn't look like an underdog. He looks like the boss. He looks like the chief. The Undertaker was never booked as an underdog. The Undertaker was booked as, as a, a, a massive guy who just had obstacles to overcome to get to what he wanted. But he was never, ever, ever booked as an underdog. You just don't buy into it. And, and they're doing the whole authority thing again, which they've done before with Roman. And it just doesn't jive. And it baffles me that they're going back to this well that didn't work in the first place for, for uh, Warren. It didn't work for Warren, for sure. Um, they try to put Warren against the authority and the authority, well, I, I just cave in. I just listen. I just... I just listen to whatever they have to tell me and I just do it because I'm spineless. <laughs> um, but Roman, Roman, they did it before and it didn't work for him. Uh, the audience turned on him. And you would have thought, right, that they would have adjusted some of his language as well to sort of get him away from the elements that turn the audience off or at least wouldn't allow the audience to remember the things that we didn't like about Roman or that got tedious about Roman, such as calling himself the big dog, such as saying, you know, SmackDown or whatever is my yard. 
These are things that never got good reactions, but they're still insisting on him saying that kind of stuff. Now, I like the idea that Roman, you know, uh, is an inspiration, worked hard to uh, to get, you know, to overcome his own obstacles. And that's that's an interesting character trait to to give him, but to exploit and not just put in a position where he's where he's um, where he has to overcome the odds all the time. It's not that. Plus, plus, if they put him in easy feuds, feuds where you know he's going to come out on top, where it's going to be Roman will Roman wins lol, there's there's no reason to get invested in him. He's not going to lose his feud with Elias. He's not going to lose his match with Money in the Bank against Elias. Or maybe they will. But then this is, it's, I don't know if it's going to do him any favors. But I'm not predicting Money in the Bank yet, am I? Um... Joe Anthony says, WWE got to stop making Roman say things that always make made the crew boo him. Exactly. That's exactly what I just said. Joe, Anthony, sheesh. Sim Phil says, this program makes no sense. I have no idea why Roman and the McMahons are even feuding. Babaruski says, well, shoot, at least he ain't getting skyrocketed to beat Kofi yet. It's a good point. Um... And Blaine says, one word to describe this Roman Shane authority feud. Meh. Oh, Chad, I love you so much. <laughs> Final match of the evening was uh, Finn Balor and Mustafa Ali versus Randy Orton and Andrade Cien Almas. Yes, I use the full names. WWE can send a cease and desist if they want me to stop. Now, I just want to point out one thing. Finn Balor comes to the ring in his blue gear. Mustafa Ali comes to the ring in his red gear. Ladies and gentlemen, clearly here, we have Sonic and Knuckles. The the synergy goes on. Zelina and Andrade cut a promo as they're coming down to the ring. Andrade says that he doesn't respect anyone in the ring. Even Randy Orton, his tag team partner. And I think that's a ill-advised strategy. He should have at least waited until the end of the match. Just to make sure that his, you know, that is uh, that Orton still has his back throughout this match. Um, Ali tries to fight off both heels in their corner, but uh, he eats the side of the apron in the face. So then we quickly move to commercial because because we have to have commercials during the matches, right? Um, back from commercial, uh, Ali runs into a uh, into a spinning scoop slam by Randy Orton, who covers, but only gets two. Off the ropes, Ali hits a pop-up drop kick. Balor on his end uh, comes in, and um, uh, Balor comes in and gets some, uh, some of his classic offense in, the roll-through pin, the basement drop kick, the double stomp to the chest. He hits a step-up kick to Andrade, who's on the top rope. Uh, and uh, Ali and, and Balor hit double dives to the heels, who are both on the outside. Balor hits a Topicon Hilo onto uh, Andrade, while Ali uh, hits a dive uh, on Orton uh, that drives him over the commentary table. Too bad that we didn't get to see it properly and uh, WWE, um, WWE uh, production wasn't able to deliver on that one. Uh, Balor goes up top for the coup de grace, but uh, Zelina distracts. That allows Andrade to get him off the top rope and hit the the running double knees in the corner, covering Finn Balor, but only gets two. Uh, they reverse out of some of their moves until uh, until Finn Balor hits a sling blade. Ollie goes up top for the 450. Pins Andrade for the win. But Randy Orton comes in with an RKO on Balor. And Mustafa gets him out with some super kicks. That was a, this was a, it was a fun short match. The I liked the pace. There was nothing wrong with it. 
now I think over the next couple of weeks is going to be, you know, it's going to be typical money in the bank fair. What's going to be like, oh, now next week we're going to have uh, Andrade versus Mustafa Ali. And then the week after we're going to have uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Randy Orton. And I mean, this is what this is. This is it. Right. That's as much as I have, as much as I, I enjoy the money in the bank matches. The lead ups are always the same. Always the same. And then we have the last two women announced for the um, women's money in the bank. The last two women from the SmackDown side. Ember Moon and Carmella, who are super credible, make a lot of sense. I am absolutely, in fact, I'm okay with all four selections here uh, for the SmackDown side. Um, Bailey, Mandy, Ember, Carmella. They all work. On the SmackDown side, uh, on the Raw side, we have Natalia, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Alexa, Bl- Alexa Bliss. Um, Lax Ruby Riot on that side of uh, on that side of things, which is a little disappointing. It's a lot disappointing, actually. Sim Phil would have liked to have seen Liv. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, we wrap up SmackDown kind of like how we wrapped up Raw, a main event segment. I'm not a fan of ending your shows with a talky talk segment. This was something, this is something that a lot of people, a lot of the Attitude Era nostalgics seem to forget. But man, main event segments, interviews, confrontations, they happened every week. Whenever you had a main event that was an actual match, it was an event in and about itself. But week in, week out, it was always like, most of the time it was that. And now I'm, I, I we get it two nights in a row. And I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it last night on Raw. Aside from the phenomenal forearm through the table, which looked really, really slick. I thought that was a cool visual. But otherwise, contract signing. Ugh. Kevin Owens showed to end. Nothing against Kevin Owens. I love Kevin Owens. He's fantastic. I like the fact that uh, he himself dresses down his uh, KO show now that he's a now that he's a heel. It's like, no, we're done with the pageantry. The pageantry is is for stupid people like uh, the New Day. You know, I just bring out my old industrial carpeting and two chairs that don't even match. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, he talks again about Kofi Kingston that that Kofi Kingston is drowning. He's in over his head. But he says, help is on the way. Me, I will relieve you of your burden, Kofi. I'm positive that I will take the WWE title away from you (laughs) at Money in the Bank. And he invites Xavier Woods to the Kevin Owens show. He just wants to chat. But Xavier Woods isn't coming. So he has a plan B. Kevin has a plan B. A Xavier Woods action figure. And then he has a Big E action figure. And I was thinking, what was he going to? you know, pull out some, you know, barbecue lighter fluid and set them on fire. And I was like, that'd be cool. But no, he sort of just kicks kicks them down. I know. So then Kofi comes out. Uh, Kofi comes out to no music, no pageantry. And he looks pissed. And he takes off his T-shirt or his uh, his tank top and he just runs to the ring and they start slugging it out. They just go right for each other in the ring. Uh, Kofi actually tosses KO to the outside and his uh, he he um, springs off of the, uh, the steel stairs with a forearm right to KO's face and tosses him over the table, the commentary table. And he even picks up, you know, one of the, one of the, 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 the bigger chairs and he tosses it on uh, on KO as well and KO just he hightails he books it he's done he doesn't want anything to do with Kofi Kingston here 
I gotta tell you guys, um, I didn't, I, I didn't like the segment, and I think main event segments, they, for me, they suck the air out of the room, and it just, it just doesn't end well, a show. There's always exceptions, but most of the time, it's, it's not a good sign. And I don't think it was really exciting what happened here either, but, but, I'm sure you've seen people commenting that uh, Kofi Kingston needs to be more serious, right? Oh, he can't be so goofy all the time. He needs to be more serious now that he's champion. Jim Ross. God damn it, Jim. Relic, you relic. I mean, why would you change the formula that made him popular in the first place? The formula that made him good, right? Why would you why would you say, oh no, we're gonna turn all that off now? No more, no more colorful, goofy Kofi Kingston smiley guy, jokey wokey. No, now he's gotta be serious. It's dumb. It's dumb. And I still think it's dumb that people say, you know, oh you're world your world champion, your 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 top guy, he has to be serious. No comedy, right? Keep the comedy out of it. Wow. I remember, I remember um, The Rock making me laugh quite a bit. I remember Mick Foley making me laugh quite a bit. And I'm sure most of you remember the comedy bits that Stone Cold was in as well. Those are pretty famous and people think about them very fondly. Those are all top guys. They're all champs. It's a lot of nonsense. It's just a lot of garbage. But, so I think here, what they wanted to do was show that Kofi, when properly motivated, can be all about business. And that, I think, is... You know, it's not a question about being serious. It's a question of character development. And it makes sense. Uh, KO betrayed him, went after his friends. Kofi didn't want anything to do with it. He was mad at him, mad at him. You know, didn't want that to happen. So, you know, um, let's just uh, um, let's just make it all about coming out and just kicking your ass because you're an asshole, Kevin Owens. And I'm okay with that. I think it was a fantastic, just the fact that he came out without any music and no pancakes, no nonsense. He just hit the ring and wanted to beat the hell out of Kevin Owens. Excuse me. That to me was a it was a nice storyline progression. Good character development and I bought into it. So that's good. Uh JS Brown is in the chat. How you doing? Uh who heard the news? Yeah, I heard the news as well that uh Dash Wilder apparently WWE is adding 2 months to Dash Wilder's contract because of the months that he had off because he was injured. Of course, the coincidence that... Uh, is it a coincidence that uh, that WWE does this when the Revival are allegedly about to turn down um, multi-million dollar contracts? Such a petty thing. Uh, Joe Anthony says, Jim Ross forgets just how silly the Stone Cold... Just how silly Stone Cold... Was showing up spraying dudes with the beer truck. Hell, not only that, he came to the ring with a Zamboni. He'd come to a ring with uh, with an ATV on an ATV, right? I mean, that's silly. CM Phil says DX was a total comedy act. Sports and Things says uh, main roster TV has been mad this week, and I agree. I agree. And Joe Anthony adds as well, and this is good. Um, Kurt Angle was in a goofy love triangle and chugging milk during his first few WWE title runs. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's it. I mean, uh, some of the purists, they pick and choose. They just pick and choose. Um, yeah, so that was SmackDown. And I kind of echo what um, Sports and Things said. It's kind of dull. It was a dull week of um, main roster programming. 
Raw last night was very there. And SmackDown, which is usually our our shining star between the both, was also just kind of there. I know I you know, the Becky versus Bailey was fine. The tag team match was fine. There was nothing that kept us on the edge of our seats. I think they're I think WWE's going down the wrong path with Roman. They are repeating the same mistakes. I'm a bit worried because I don't want Roman Reigns to fail. I really don't. I'm I'm stunned that they are doing the they're going back down the exact same way that they did previously with him and didn't work out, but they're doing the exact same mistakes again. I don't get it. I really just don't get it. But what I do get, though, is that it's time to wrap up. I want to thank everyone for joining uh, joining me live here tonight on YouTube.com slash Hayes. If you haven't left a thumbs up yet, just go right ahead and do it. That'd be nice. I want to thank you all if you're watching it on your own time uh, as well, or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast uh, listening application. I want to thank the creators of the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie for bringing us such an inspiring, look at that character, such an inspiring character, uh, bringing him to life. Um, uh, you know, I'm so excited about Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Greatest movie of 2019. Everyone, at by the, by the moment this movie is released, people are going to be like, uh, Avenge what? Avenge who? Iron Man. There's a, there's a Captain America. What is a, what is a Black Widow? Thor. <laughs> okay. So, so basically, I want to, <laughs> I want to thank, thank everyone for for joining me. Thank you very much for listening, whichever way you uh, decided to do it, and uh, I will see you next time. 